amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Extra time. Hello and welcome back to the Extra Time podcast. It's me, Patrick Van Strassen, your host. And this week I'm joined by the original podcast crew. It's Chris Hamill. Hello, Chris. What up? And Joe Tomlinson. Hello, Joe. Hello, hello, hello. How are you guys both doing after a, a very a very dramatic end to the Premier League season? Mate, well, I am absolutely stoked the season is over. I'm done being emotionally invested in football. I've got stats coming out of my arsehole. Uh, I want to do nothing but let my brain melt into a pool of goo. Okay. Well, is that is that positive? Joe, you must be absolutely <laughs> delighted after Man United wrapped up Champions League on the final day. Absolutely buzzing. You know, didn't didn't make it pretty, but nevertheless, to claw back such a big deficit uh, from Christmas is a fantastic result for Solskjaer. Yesterday, I was not caring about a performance. I couldn't give enough f- whether or not things went well on the field <laughs> as long as we got the result. And that's all that we did because we didn't look good. We looked tired, but we got the three points and we're in the Champions League. Back to where we need to be. I've got to say, yeah, well, I've got to say PVS, this has all the trappings of a great podcast, like uh, a bit of a lack of preparation and, and multiple swear words in, in the first you know 30 seconds. So I'm, I'm buzzing for this one. <laughs> well, we hope that this one's going to be a good one because today we're going to talk about the biggest teams from the Premier League season, the top six plus Leicester, and their best and worst players of the season. Now, I actually think, while we tend to agree broadly on things, there might be some contentious shouts in here. So let's start off, shall we, with the champions. Liverpool yeah. obviously ending that 30-year barren run uh, with a spectacular championship win. Didn't quite break the record for uh, winning margin, I guess we're calling it, at the top of the table. But still, an absolutely phenomenal performance. 99 points and deserved winners. Joe, who for you is Liverpool's player of the season? Oh, this is so tough. This is so tough, isn't it? Um, What I will say is it's not Jordan Henderson. I think Jordan Henderson's been like a splendid addition in that midfield and has obviously contributed a lot off the field. <laughs> and he's very, very um, good in terms of captaincy and leadership. He drives the team forward. Do I think he's the best individual player? No. And I think most people would, would openly agree with that. Uh, I was really torn with this one between Mane and Virgil van Dijk. Um, Ooh. I wanted to say Trent, but then I think Trent's a better shout for sort of young player. I think he, he has had a great, great season. But without Virgil van Dijk, I don't think Liverpool would be where they are right now. Um, I think he brings everything Liverpool need at the back in a single person. I think you could have any partner alongside him and they'd look excellent. I think he helps Robertson massively and he helps Trent massively. He distributes from deep for fun, uh, which also helps them with a few midfield issues they've potentially got in terms of distribution into the front line. Um, I just think he's their best player. Do I think he's had the best season? I think it's between him and Mane. But I'm going to say Virgil van Dijk because I think he's Liverpool's best player. Interesting. Chris, do you differ on this at all? Yeah, I actually, I, I do pretty pretty wildly. I think it's Mo Salah. 
I mean, 29 goals and assists in 33 starts. Um, the most shots per 90 in the league. Uh, it is a shame about that 20-goal benchmark. Uh, he was he was on, wasn't he, for being one of only three players in Liverpool's history to hit 20 goals in, in three consecutive seasons, but couldn't quite find it at the end. Uh, and I think that might be weighing on his mind somewhat because there were some uncharacteristically poor misses at the end of the season. Um, Sadio Mane uh, is the biggest bastard to play against uh, at Liverpool. Like, he is the hardest man to mark. I think he is... In terms of what indivi- an individual battle, I would probably rather mark Salah, but I still think output-wise, um, he he clinches it. And if if Van Dijk had got to the club first, this is what I find quite curious about the the, the Van Dijk uh, versus everyone else for who is the most important player conundrum. him. If Van Dijk had got to the club first uh, and Mo Salah had came second, I think would be heralding Mo Salah as the missing piece, right? Um, it just so happens that, ah. that Virgil van Dijk came in after Mo Salah and, and therefore gets a lot of credit for kind of completing the side. Um, I think Virgil van Dijk is in my top three. <laughs> I, I don't, need, don't need to go into you know details as to why. He's just fucking awesome, isn't he? Um, but Joe Gomez is also very, very good. Um, so I, I've, gone, I've gone Mo Salah. Uh, I think they're more reliant on him than any other player in that in that team. You think they're more reliant on him than Van Dijk? If they took Van Dijk out of the team and they took Salah out of the team, which one do you think would suffer more? I think 100% take Van Dijk out, they suffer more. I th- I actually think that like elite attackers win you more titles than elite defenders. Like uh, I don't know. I mean, Van Dijk is so good that it's like quite difficult to say, but Salah is the engine of that attack. He is. But if and he, Mane gets more I, space because I, I do, of Salah. I do agree that he he definitely drives him forward, and he's obviously an amazing goal scorer. But I think if you took it, if I'm just talking about individuals being taken out of this team, the detriment that they would suffer from Virgil Van Dijk at the back, yeah, I think that, he's unheralded. But I think that's yeah. There's, there's there's some nuance in that question, isn't there? Like um, like they would win less points with without Salah. Like he he there is no question about that. Like they would. He would win them more points than Van Dijk. Uh, Van Dijk's absence would lose them points, I guess is my rationale. Um, but but Van Dijk obviously has made a seismic change. I'm not, not disputing that. Um, but I just think Mo, Mo Salah clinches it for me. But um, it's, it's, a, it's a good well, hypothetical. It's close. That's the th- I think, I think we, we'll come back to your way of looking at it when we get on to Man United, I think. But, um, but Mo Salah, I do think it's not spoken about enough. Like, I was thinking the other day, everyone will pretty much agree that there are no centre-backs in the league better than Virgil van Dijk. But how many forwards are there in the league who are better than Mo Salah? Because I actually don't think there's one. I, I truly think he's the best forward in the league. He's not my favourite. I think like I, I prefer watching Mane. I prefer Rashford. I actually prefer yeah. Pulisic. But, but I think Salah might actually be the best forward. But what I'll say is the disparity between Salah and four other players is, is incredibly minimal. Uh, the disparity between Virgil van Dijk and mean? any other defender in the league is monumental. So you don't... I think Laporte at his best oh, is, okay. is not a million miles away. He's not as good, but he's not like measurably worse. I thought you meant disparity in the, okay, in the really actual disagree. side there, in, in the club side, as in like he's obviously miles better than... Than Firmino. Yeah, no, um, I mean, I mean, like in terms of across other the players league, in the okay. league. Yeah, yeah, across the league, like he's obviously one of the probably the top five attackers in the league. But I think the drop off from even okay, so maybe Laporte aside, the drop off from Virgil Van Dijk and Laporte to anybody else is monumental. 
Who do you, who do you think you could swap Salah for in the league without seeing a significant drop in performance? Um, well, the trouble is, is there's not an awful lot of right wingers, I suppose. But I think you could swap him for Aubameyang fairly comfortably and see a, see a similar output in terms of goals. I think Mane and Aubameyang with Firmino dropped in behind him. I think you see he probably scored 18 goals in that team. Yeah, but I don't think he'd he'd create as much, and I don't think he, I I know what you're saying. Like it, it's it's difficult to say because of system and stuff, but um. I think you've both presented really good cases. It's My close. pick was actually was actually Trent Alexander-Arnold purely because I think if you look at his value over like if you gave Liverpool, you know, like if you could get a perfectly average center back to replace Van Dijk or a perfectly average forward to replace Salah. In a way, I think that Trent Alexander-Arnold is further above average than those guys in because of the way that Liverpool have built around him. Yeah. Like Liverpool's team ran through Alexander Arnold this season more than any other player. Like he he got seventeen goal involvements from right back, which is absolutely Incredible. staggering. Like he he led he led the league in progressive passes. He was fourth in the league for passes into the penalty area. The only three guys ahead of him were David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, and Mares. Um, but really, to me, what what showed how important he was was that quite often when they needed a key goal, he got it. When they needed someone to create something out of nothing, he got it. And I do think, I know what you're saying about, yeah, young player of the season is there. And as a result, it's an easier decision to make. But I truly think that he was, he was probably the outstanding player to me in the league this season. I I just looked at him and thought, I've never seen a right back be the most important player on a team before. I mean, I mean, it's really quite staggering. Yeah, it's it's tough for Liverpool, isn't it? It's very, very tough to to, to pick a best player in, in that team. Well, can we can we find any any uh, place to meet in the middle here? Yeah, Sadio Mane. <laughs> <laughs> we can all just agree with our second choice and go for Mane. <laughs> Who's, so I'm interested as to know. I think maybe we can decide this by by sort of all reeling off our our top three then, and and we just revert to the to the mean right. So mine would go Salah, Van Dijk, and then probably Mane. Like I don't think Trent would make my top three, make my top five, but that would be my my top three. What about you, Fat or Joe? I'm thinking mine would go Van Dyke, Mane, Trent. Salah not even in your top three. Bloody no. hell. I'd probably go Trent, Salah, Van Dyke. It's too close Ma- to go, but, it? But Mane's so close <laughs> yeah, then I know. To, to getting in. I mean, oh God. Come I on, Pat, know. you're hosting this thing, mate. You can make All decisions. All right, I am going to make an executive decision. And I, I have decided that we are going to go for... Van Dyke. Yeah, Why good not? decision. Good Let's decision. put Van Dyke in. Moving on to the worst, I'm going to throw a name out at you. Well, actually, firstly, I think it's worth pointing out that Firmino, as good as he's been, has massively underperformed and could not finish a thing this season. He got nine goals in the league, yeah. which is quite, quite quite alarming, really. And if they hadn't won the title, I think we'd have been hearing a lot of conversations about whether Firmino was good enough this season. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say Divock Origi to you guys. He's not as been as bad as Jordan Shakiri, man. It's not been as bad as Jordan. But can Shikiri. you include Shakiri? He's played about a hundred minutes. Yeah, but that's because he's bad. <laughs> but there's a bunch of players that have barely got enough minutes to register uh, as as functioning members of this side, right? Are we counting them? Because if we are, like, it, yeah, that's you're unequivocally but, correct. Like Jordan, Jordan Shakiri, he warrants getting even a, a one appearance. 
in the Carling Cup, FA Cup, Champions League, or Club World Cup. He hasn't got. He hasn't featured once in any of them. That he must but be so that, bad. He must be so but bad. But I think you have to. You have to have a little bit more time on the pitch to 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 get this amount of criticism to be labelled the worst <laughs> player of the season. And, and the thing is about Origi, the reason I said Origi is because last summer there were lots of Liverpool fans who were saying, what an incredible super sub because of the goal against Barcelona, because of the Champions League final. This year he's had 700 minutes. He's got five goal involvements in that time. But I mean, super James sub. Milner's got like four goal involvements in like 900 minutes. And Naby Keita's got five in 800 minutes. So in a way, I think that's not that impressive. And he gets dispossessed more than anyone else in the squad. When I watch him, he just... He ruins the attack. That is what he does. Did you see his goal um, on the weekend, mate? It's absolutely perla. <laughs> he, he's capable of he's capable of great goals because he's not like a totally useless player. But I think he's still, I think he's he's in the right kind of uh, Goldilocks zone of having played enough for Liverpool and having been bad enough to be their worst player. Of the Liverpool season. are the hardest team to pick for the yeah, worst for player sure. because everybody's been consistent. For sure, I everybody's think been consistently good or better. And the reason I wouldn't put Divock Origi down as worst player is because they they need someone who is markedly worse than the front three on the bench so they're happy you know being that bit part player and I think Origi is is fine as a squad addition if he was like agitating for minutes uh, or getting above his station I'd be like well you've you've clearly you've lost uh, you know all all perception of what your role in this team is Um, and and then maybe I'd agree with you but as such I've just gone I've gone Dejan Lovren Um, just fewer than 800 minutes but enough minutes to to kind of establish that you know what it could have it could have been any other centre back eating up those minutes, um, and it probably wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, although they have got eleven million pounds from him <laughs> uh, for him. Yeah, I for, thought he was bit. I yeah, thought he's for, been okay when for he's his played sale to Zenit. Yeah, he was fine. Like he was fine. But as you say, it's it's really slim pickings at the bottom. He's in that category of like five hundred to one thousand minutes. And I just thought if they were given to someone else, I don't think like it would have it would have altered the results. Um, 185 appearances for the club though Klopp describing him as a legend Mo Salah saying I love you in goodbye posts that's how good this Liverpool team are like he's getting a legend sign off and it's and it's, and it's it's Dayan Lovren who's very good on his day um, but, but nowhere near the sort of level of that first team at current I think I'm gonna okay I think that it's a bit harsh to say Lovren because I do think he's been quite good when I've watched him whereas I think Origi's been quite bad yeah, I think it's. I if think she, I, I agree. I think Lovren is harsh. It, it, it just. It was just slim pickings, man. It just has to be Shakiri. <laughs> All right, Joe, Joe. Joe feels the most strongly, so let's give him Shakiri right. because, frankly, I don't actually care that much. But um, it, again, he's literally sat on the bench all season. <laughs> I'm not sure. And that's not really his fault when you look at the talent around him. Minutes but fine. Of football. <laughs> all right. Now. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Right, let's move on, let's move on to Man City because we've got we're 15 minutes in and we're one team down, but Man City at least best player. Is there any debate here? No. No. KDB. Yeah. All the way down. Yeah. 100%. What is it? 13 goals, 20 assists this season. It was ridiculous. Yes. Sickening. Matched matched Henri's assist record was pretty much clearly the best player on the pitch any time I watched Man City. Um 
Worst player then, Chris Hamill. What have you got? Uh, again, this this feels reminiscent of Liverpool, where you're sort of picking on, bullying, pit, uh, bit part players. But I've gone John. Uh, in my notes, I've gone John Stones or Cancelo. But Cancelo has actually been been good statistically speaking in the limited amount of minutes he's had. So I think I might opt for John Stones. Uh, I mean, when you look at some sort of some of his defensive numbers, uh, he's making less interceptions than in 12, 12 starts, I think. So a decent amount of starts. Less interceptions in Garcia, Laporte, Walker, Zinchenko, Mendy, Cancelo. Um, so less tackles than a bunch of them too. So even when he's on the pitch, um, like his defending isn't quite of the level of some of his his peers and he looks a little bit disenfranchised, doesn't he? Um, it looks like it's he, he's going to be moved on Um and, you know, that Pep doesn't really trust him for big games, which is a shame because uh, he has got, you know, such high potential. Um, but but now all of a sudden his, his future is sort of shrouded in mystery. Um, so, yeah, I've gone for I've gone for John Stones. Yeah, Interesting. I, 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 had, I had John Stones listed down as the worst as well, sadly. I just think that this was his season to put his stamp as, a, as the starting centre-back with Laporte missing so much. And he's just gone backwards. Um, I think it was 1,100 minutes, like you alluded to then. Fernandinho's played 2,000 at centre-off. And I know Fernandinho's a fabulous player, but he's not a natural centre-back, is he? Stones has just gone backwards this mm. year. But I don't think that... I'm going to revise what I said. I think it was on Sunday Vise a couple of weeks ago. But I don't think they'll sell Stones unless they sign two centre-backs. I can't see Pep getting rid of another centre-half um, just because they've got not got enough um, without two coming in. Yeah, they've been really bitten hard this season by a lack of depth there. Yeah. So you can imagine Pep being extremely cautious next Definitely. season about that. Uh, I think that you're both uh, completely fair in picking stones. I considered him. I actually, I went for Otamendi in the end. But to be honest with you, I think that's just because when I looked at Stones' stats and when I watched him, I was like, I don't think you're actually really worse than you were last season. Mm. I think you're in a worse side. Um, and to me, Otamendi was a couple of seasons ago, a member of a centurion centre-back uh sent defensive line and this season just looked yeah yeah like an embarrassment i think they lost seven of the 24 league games he played i saw someone on twitter call him an argentinian mop and it really made me laugh so that's 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 what i think what i think of when i think of otamendi now when i see otamendi i think he looks like an arsenal defender like beamed into man city in that he's constantly on an island constantly doing stupid um, but yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with John Stones because also with Otamendi, he's just old. He's just old. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's had his time in the sun, hasn't he? Uh, exactly. And John Stones is supposed to be experiencing or entering his peak. Yes. So up next, Joe. Yeah. Manchester United, and I know we're going. Well, I actually think that there are quite a few shouts for best, but I think we're going to disagree. There are definitely a few shouts for best. Uh, I think there are three outstanding candidates, in my okay. opinion. I think the three outstanding candidates are probably Rashford, Martial and Bruno Fernandes. Mm-hmm. Um, could easily have gone Marcus Rashford. Was really, It was very, very close to saying Marcus Rashford on this, on this one. Just I think he's had his best season in a United shirt. Um, and he's really been hampered, in my opinion, on this one because of the injury. Um not really yes. his fault either. Uh, the broken back, obviously, played into the ground un- under Solskjaer because um, we were trying to get Champions League football. Uh, I think Martial has had an outstanding second half of the season in particular. He's really, really improved with his back to goal. I think he's got 22 in all competitions for us this season, same as Rashford. 
Um, and he's gone in from strength to strength playing as the out-and-out nine. But I've gone for Bruno purely for the impact factor. Um, I think Bruno has changed everything about Manchester United in a positive way, from leadership to his off-the-ball work to his uh, chance creation and goal scoring. And he gets labelled as, as, as a... Um, you know, sort of like a penalty machine, uh, but it's not his. It's not his fault. He's got to take the penalties. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and he mm. still would have put up decent. I think he's scored three penalties, right? So even in fourteen games, if you were to say he would scored five and got seven assists, you'd be pretty happy with that output coming first six months from the Portuguese league. Um, so yeah, I've gone for Bruno Fernandes purely based on his impact for United, but it could easily have been Rashford. Well, I, I th- this is the thing. This is what I was talking about before. Like Chris's kind of thought experiment about what happens if this player comes after that player, mm. I think is really interesting here because look at a team like Arsenal, right? Like if Arsenal were to keep together all their attackers this summer and then were to buy like a really top class number 10 yeah. and just drop them into the team, you wouldn't be surprised if at the end of next season that top class number 10 got named Arsenal's player of the year because they'd say, look how he's transformed this attack. Mm. And Man United's attack was really bad over the first half of the year. And what kept them in contention was that their defence was always mm. good. Their defence was good the whole way through. And yeah. so I'm not sure I necessarily like want to say this person has been their player of the year, but I do think that you've got to think about Maguire and Aaron Wan-Bissaka um, as strong candidates here. I think Wan-Bissaka has arguably been being one of your most consistent players because Rashford obviously had that injury. Martial had a slower first half of the season and Fernandez wasn't there. Mm. Um, but AWB, I mean, people say he needs to improve going forward and I think that's true, but he's still got four assists, which isn't that bad. And bearing in mind that Shaw and Williams combined got one goal involvement, I think he's winning possession six times a game still. He's still almost impossible to get past. Yeah. And I think that one of the reasons that Man United were able to play what is essentially a centre forward on the right wing and Mason Greenwood in the back half of the season and why they were able to play Pogba and Fernandes in midfield at the same time um, and why their attack was able to run in kind of like this all guns blazing way was because they knew that at the back they had they had solidity and I think that Wan-Bissaka has been a really important part of that so I just wanted to give him a kind of shout out for that reason yeah he's definitely don't get me wrong he's had a great great first season at Manchester United um but there, there are definitely areas he needs to improve on. Um, and I know you talked about four assists there. I, the issue that Aaron Wan-Bissaka has isn't necessarily, I think, his issue effectively is that teams have now identified that he's a really poor passer of the ball. So what they do is they effectively create a triangle, a, a sort of a low block triangle that allows no ball progression to Bruno or Pogba and all they do is funnel it wide to Wan-Bissaka and when Wan-Bissaka's mm-hmm. on the ball he just gives it away um, constantly and consistently in attacking positions so I think there's big areas of improvement for him to be made but uh, don't get me wrong he's had a good first season at Manchester United for Maguire yeah yeah Maguire's difficult yeah, because and Maguire no, does do some fee. embarrassing sh- uh, yeah effectively that and the, the fees just hampers him doesn't it it does hamper him if he's 80 million pounds you're expecting that level of of consistency uh, at centre-half. And I think he's had a good season. He's the first Man United player since Gary Pallister to play every minute of every Premier League game. Uh, so the poor bloke needs needs a rest. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of half agree. Um, I just think that yeah, they haven't been outstanding. Okay, fair enough. Chris, do you have a, a way of settling this argument? Um, my immediate thinking was what has been the most consistent Champions League component of their side and that was the defence. 
Um, but then I couldn't really pick out any any one player from their defence um, in particular. Like I think they've been very good as a unit, and I think the last the latter half uh, of the season, Nemanja Matic has been awesome, and Matic has enabled Bruno Fernandes that to have this roaming role, right? Where he can do damage in the final third of the pitch with his wonderful progressive uh, passing and chance creation. Um, but across the course of the season, I think I think Marcus Rashford, um, Marcus Rashford has to get it for me. So not really settling any arguments, but I think... Yeah, yeah I'd be happy to get he, Sam he's Rashford. Been the most I would consistent. be happy to Sam Rashford. I'd definitely be happy saying Rashford. Cool, let's, let's get go for Rashford, Rashford then. Then, Keep my answer short and sweet, yeah. Yeah. Worst... Jesse Lingard, okay. 900 minutes, one goal. But... Do you know how old Jesse Lingard is this year? 28, isn't he? 27? He's 28 this year. Mm. What has what has happened? Yeah. Yeah. You go, Hamill, because I spoke for a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I've not, you've probably got much more to say on him. Um, but like I, three quarters of the way through the season, he was getting dogs abuse, right? And he's obviously been through uh, some stuff off the pitch, which has affected his performances mm-hmm. on it. So for me, he, he gets that leeway. Uh, and he seems to be a victim of being given a £100,000 uh, a week contract um, by his billionaire club. Like, uh, I find that like, his performances deserve criticism, but I find the personal abuse he's taken um, obviously ex- extremely distasteful, disproportionate to what's happened on the pitch. Um, and this, this wage thing that's levelled against him, like, he's a local boy done good, like... It's Manchester United's fault for overpaying um, for what you know what contribution he makes on the pitch. Um, it was a little bit like the Shakiri thing with me, uh, as in like I, I just didn't register him as as really a functioning member of the team across the whole course of the season. Uh, but I'm going to be of no further assistance in this because for my worst answer, I just wrote Joe Tomlinson down on my piece of paper <laughs> like cool. just that he would do it so there, there we all go. right so for, for, for my worst then yeah i can see why you would have jesse lingard up there there's definitely arguments for me. that was his first goal involvement of the season wasn't it yesterday but like chris yeah, said he's obviously been battling some stuff off the field so i kind of just chose to leave him alone for this one and um yeah i think it's been andreas Pereira. uh i think andreas Pereira is the hallmark of why manchester united needs so much is like needs so much improvement across the board in terms of depth. He's played 36 games this season, Andreas Pereira, 36 games. And he's just not good enough to be playing 36 games. Um, just way, way below par. Uh, the amount of times I've had to watch him playing in that sort of Bruno role, uh, pre Bruno's arrival is just shocking. Um, so, yeah, I will say Andreas Pereira, I just don't think he's good enough for Manchester United. He'll probably be let go this summer if we can find the right suitor, as will Jesse Lingard. Um, but I just think 36 appearances shows that Manchester United need depth Ooh. across the board. Woof. Yeah, that, that, is, that is an awful lot of football for such a poor player. Um, right, well, just before we get into our next section then, we'd like to bring you a word from our sponsors who this week are Harry's. You know them by now. We've spoken about them before. And... Thanks to Harry's, you can claim a trial shaving set for just £3.95. That's a set that includes a razor handle, a five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and a travel blade cover by going to harrys.com extra. Now, one of the things that we really like about Harry's is that, in a way, I, I think that they're kind of doing something similar to what I felt we were doing at the beginning, which is when you read the story of how Harry's started, they felt that all of 
the raises that you could get on the high street were overpriced, were not good enough for what they were, and weren't really what people wanted. They were just kind of one-upping themselves by adding more blades or doing whatever, and, and it didn't really make sense. And I kind of feel like that's how we were at the beginning. Like, when we when we were first kind of starting as a three at Football Daily, I felt like what we really talked about a lot was the stuff that we felt was yeah. underrepresented in football punditry and, and how annoying it was that there was this kind of closed club of people who'd just always done things the same way, right? Are we ironically saying that in this situation, is I mean, we're not allowed to mention other raises by name. Well, that's going to that's so. get bleep then, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll bleep both parts of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, our, our kind of starting point was that uh, fans are actually smarter than they deserve credit for, right? And want to know more about the granular side of the game than than listening to a, a generic commentator that whose, whose name I cannot mention sort of uh, describe what's happening in front of you. So I have actually, you can't see me because we're not, we're not, I'm not on a video call at the moment, but I'm, I'm actually growing a moustache at the moment, Pat. Um, are you so ready? So if you could send me a sample, that would be grand. Well, this is the thing. Like, it actually does require work to grow a beard or a moustache or whatever. Like, sorry, Joe, you might you might have to sit this out. A little bit. <laughs> True, but, yeah, um, definitely, mate. I'm staying quiet. But but you know, but you know, when you shave and it and it kind of like it hurts. It's really rough on your skin. Like, you end up with cuts. Where even if you're trying to do a good job, I've found that you don't get any of that with Harry's because the foaming shave gel is really really good. Um, the blades are incredibly sharp, but not too aggressive. You know, you're not, you don't feel like you're like scraping your face down with sandpaper. And so I always feel afterwards, like my skin is very smooth and that I've got a really precise shave, which is basically all I want. I just want to not bleed and look good. I don't think that that's too much to ask. <laughs> have you got your, <laughs> have you got your buttons undone on this as well? Cause you've been getting a lot of good press for how much uh, chest hair you've been showing. Have I? Where have I been getting this good press? Uh, in the, I think it might have been in the comments on Sunday Vibes, mate. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, well, uh, yeah. If you want to see more of that, then uh, head over to my my OnlyFans <laughs> and um, and just like hit up the subscription page. But before you do that, make sure you go to Harrys.com/slash/extra <laughs> to claim your trial set for three pounds ninety five. That's Harrys.com/slash/extra for a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and a travel blade cover. There'll be a link in the description below as well. First time ever there's been a segue from OnlyFans to Harry's Razors. <laughs> I mean, I find that shocking that we haven't talked about OnlyFans basically every week during lockdown. But uh, let's move on to the next section. Um, because next up we've got Chelsea. Chris, I want to know who your best player of the season is for Chelsea. And I actually thought of all the teams we looked at, I found Chelsea probably the easiest to do. Um Interesting, because I actually found the, the it was quite competitive between two or three players. Um, that's not the case for worst. I think we all know who that is. Um, but there's only one player right. who's made the most tackles, the most interceptions, the most blocks, who is second for assists, clearances, recoveries, aerial duels, and third for chances created. Um, that's how numbers work. Only one player can be those things. Um, and that's Cesar Aspilicueta. Um an unspectacular season but extremely solid in a really transitional period for Chelsea but part um, of the one of the worst defences the top six has ever seen mate they only concede like eight Got and a point. half shots a game is it his fault that Kepper has no wrists but also the shots they concede are like a yard two out. yards out oh come on I mean I think that's a hard a hard accusation to level against Azpilicueta who's been you know forced to play 
on on the wrong side on occasion and, and who's watched the centre halves be yeah partnerships be switched out sort of you know pretty not judiciously because that means you're doing it well doesn't it but pretty regularly <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't know I, I i agree with you that i think he's probably been better than people think but i do think he's noticeably slowed down and the defense has not been good yeah, they, they concede the same amount of goals as brighton because I, I just don't think you can have a defender Ooh, in, in, in their the best player when Kovacic and Pulisic are in the contention here. <laughs> for, for me, the best player in, at Chelsea has been Kovacic. I think he's driven the entire Agreed. midfield forward in a season where they've been without N'Golo Kante for the majority of it. Um, and to be honest with you, Jorginho has been running around like he like he doesn't know where he is. Um, so <laughs> I think, Harsh. yeah, for me, it's just obviously Mateo Kovacic. If, if the season went on for another five months, I think it would have been Pulisic. Um, mm. Just been sensational since the lockdown and uh, maybe a little bit before that. But across the course of the campaign, for me, it's Kovacic. Yeah, I had Pulisic on my honourable mention list as well. But for me, it is Kovacic. And as Chris said... Kepper is obviously the worst. Kepper's like a guy they've pulled out of the crowd to go in goal, um, but they've had to pay seventy mil to do so. Like he is, he is so the worst keeper in the league this season. I think, with the exception of that f- pub guy who played in goal for West Ham for about twenty but, minutes. Roberto, and yeah. it's not, but it's not yeah, just like seventeen goals. This isn't just like confirmation bias. Like his numbers are so so bad. He's in like a group of his own. <laughs> yeah, did you see that, yeah. that 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 chart that George posted in the WhatsApp today? Yeah, there's like there's like a quadrant where like all the keepers are, and then there's like <laughs> Kepper in the bottom left it's where he can see he faces no shot no shots on target, but concedes hundreds of goals. <laughs> it's like it's one like of those amazing. graphs you see for Messi, where he's like in a land of his own, but reversed. He's where the reverse just down Messi at the bottom corner of goalkeepers. Yeah, I mean yeah. Jordan Pickford isn't, isn't far behind. Uh, I think he sort of chucked it at Everton a while ago. But disagreements with uh, with with Ancelotti rife. Um, you know what? Just go. I'm I'm happy to go Kovacic best. Um, it feels like a vindication of, of two years of, of saying he's a great player. I remember when we picked him out on Sunday vibes a long time ago, didn't we? Uh, and and Kepper is worst. Yeah, we've had a good season for being proven right on guys. <laughs> we've had a uh, we've we've had Kovacic, and it looks like, and certainly I'd say over the the last few weeks of the season, Sabios as well have so, kind of less said about Tango and Dombele the better. Yeah, the poor guy. Extend, mm. yeah, yeah. Additional circumstances there. Though. Although we I make think, him yeah, onto him I'm, I'm hoping he'll go somewhere else this summer and be amazing. But Leicester City up next. Mm. Joe, where can we look for best beyond Jamie Vardy? Yeah, I've put Jamie Vardy down. I think, look, yeah. um, I actually think James Madison, his importance has been so highlighted with his injury. So if he'd have been able to play the course of the season, he'd have been in contention, but his numbers aren't amazing, but it's just his importance in that team. Yeah. You can see it's been ripped open. Same with Ricardo Pereira. Uh, if he'd yeah. have played a full season, probably in with contention, but it just, yeah, it has to be Jamie Vardy, doesn't it? Just... 20 was it 23 and 34 but he he outperforms expected goals every season outperformed it by five this season two last season then it was five before that five before that so yeah he's just a finishing freak isn't it well I think he's also just so often able to get that extra yard ahead of the defender which just 
which really does increase the quality of a mm. chance and it's quite hard for XG to to tell that. But I was looking at also the minutes he's played. This is the third time in the last five years he's played over 3,000 league minutes and the other two seasons he played 2,700 and 2,800 and he's 33. That's yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing class. from him. But I think you also do have to think about Pereira and Ndidi. And Ndidi played a lot and so did Madison. Yeah, but Madison, injuries. fewer goal involvements than Iosi Perez. Although, can I just That's say, I saw Doogie bad. Critchley today do his team of the season on oh, Twitter. Jesus. And he, he had Johnny Evans at centre-back in his team, Premier League team of the year alongside Van Dijk. Uh, so, I did want to get your thoughts on that hamster, whether or not you'd have that have Johnny Evans as a potential burst. Uh, I mean, he's been absolutely superb. Um, and, and you look at Leicester's back four or five, depending on what system they play at the end of the season. And a lot of the other components are either young young kids or players mm. that really shouldn't be anywhere near a squad that's competing for Europa League Champions League football um, the, at one point Leicester lined up in a back five of uh, Christian Fuchs on the left um, and then it was Bennett uh, Morgan uh, Evans and James Justin on the right and James Justin is, is uh, a shout for sort of most improved within the Leicester ranks and took on the un- un- unenviable task of trying to replicate Ricardo Pereira's um, role down that right-hand side. But you can't tell me that, you know, teams in the championship don't have a, a better back line than that, it's particularly like the top four or five. Um, it, was, it was astounding, really. And, and he managed to hold it together until the dying embers of the season. Um, Johnny Evans would be on my shortlist, for sure, Premier League team this season, centre-halves. But... Um, but yeah, I'm not really thought about from a league-wide position. But um, but I, 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 Evans was in my top three. I had Vardy and Didi and Evans. Um, I, I think Mad, the, the talk of Madison is, is quite short because his, his goal contributions are sort of dried up yeah. before he got injured. Although he, I have said time and time again, he makes he makes other players a lot better. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go with you on on Vardy. Um, Who's your worst, Chris? My worst. Uh, who did I have? Oh, I've <laughs> in my notes. I've got nine to. I'm quoting this as well. Nine to ten players either past it or too young um, to even take into consideration. So that's how much sort of work I think this Leicester squad needs. Um, and it's not a huge squad either, which leaves you with very no. few options. Like it, it actually leaves you looking at players they bought in in the summer, which isn't entirely fair because. They have to one adjust to the squad, don't they? Uh, displace someone and sort of adapt to a new culture all at the same time. So you kind of think it's not that they get a free pass in the first year, but you kind of think we'll see your best football in the second year. Um, but saying I've got that, for one I've of got, those boys, though. Yeah, I've, I've got, got for one of those boys. I've got Pratt down, and, and yeah. I've got honourable mentions yeah. for, for Perez minus that performance against Southampton. Wow. I think, yeah, yeah I've Pratt. got Dennis Pratt down. 22 million euros it was, I think, in, well, in the end. An attacking 20... midfielder that's contributed to three goals and assists. It's not really... It's not really well, to be, honest, fun, to, to be honest with you, though, like I, I, I get he's been brought in as this creator, but I was looking at his stats today across the course of his career. He's never breached more than 0.2 expected assists per 90, and he's never yeah, he's breached never been... more than 0.1 expected goals per 90. So I wonder whether the, the, the kind of thought of him as a creator is just nowhere near to be seen and whether or not he will actually have a career at Leicester or whether he might well just be moved on and seen as we can make a little bit of money back immediately. We all know Leicester bought him because Arsenal sniffed about and then they they just thought, right, that'll do. And that is what happened. Yeah, well, I think the, the combination of the price tag here and just like the lack of... He just doesn't do anything 
Like yeah. he doesn't even get on the. I was literally looking at his numbers and like I'm even real. for pa- so even for passes per game, he makes like fifteen passes fewer than anybody else in the midfield. And so I was like, what is this guy? here for mm. he's just he's just a man he's just like so you don't have to play 10 men so he's actually not a bad footballer he was an odd yeah, yeah sure he was an odd but he's bar, not a good but, one yeah but like, but and with madison out for such a prolonged period of time that was his ta- ch- chance to step yeah. into to an attacking midfield role yeah, and it's just point. not happened yeah good point yeah he's a guy who like if he was in your squad he's a little bit like jordan pickford right if jordan pickford had come through the everton academy and not cost them a penny no one would have an issue with him in the same way that if Dennis Pratt was just like a guy who'd mm. been at Leicester for 10 years, no one would care. But because they spent nearly £20 million on him, yeah, you, you've got to look at him in the context mm. of that and it's not been good enough. Yeah, I, I'm happy um, to go with Pratt. Okay, so let's go on to Arsenal. Um, oh, you, best, you said I top think, six. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I, I was, we did I, top I kind of six. Just, <laughs> no, I've yeah, got no, no, I just Arsenal players players in. Shove <laughs> Arsenal in. Oh god! All right, come on with uh, Arsenal then. Well, Arsenal's best player, I think we'd all agree, is Aubameyang. Though I think Leno would have had a shout if he'd seen out the whole season. Yeah, uh, honorable mention maybe for Saka, but you know it's more that he's promising than he's been like a star. Yeah. Worst I, player. Can I just say oh, as well? Sorry, I think on. I think Burnt Leno, pre the injury, was in with a shout as the best goalkeeper this season. I know that like Nick Pope put up big big clean sheet numbers and obviously Edison and Allison, but because he ha- he faces so many more shots than they do I just think he he was an argument for the goalkeeper of the season Leno pre the injury yeah and in a way he's also suffered from the fact that Martinez has come in and been really good yeah if Martinez had come in and been like an embarrassment then I think probably there'd yeah. have been a, a much bigger surge yeah. of support how good but, is um, he by the way Emmy Martinez I'm yeah real, he, looks, mate. he looks great he looks great yeah, um, in England, it's nice cap. to see <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been here what ten years now. Yeah, so he is yeah, eligible. He is eligible because he's never been capped by Argentina. Jesus, uh, worst player for Arsenal this season. I think there are contenders, mm. um, but I actually think it's extremely hard not to say it's Özil. Oh, okay. So th- then, if that go, if that's the argument, how many minutes has he put up? Can't be more than fourteen hundred. Oh my god, fourteen hundred minutes. Fourteen hundred. Yeah, but oh. I mean, like, look, don't get me wrong. A, a lot of that was like, Lundberg came in and played him every minute. Arteta played him every minute for about five or six games. He's got three goal involvements. I mean, the defenders are bad, but the defenders are bad and the system was bad and Emery was bad and Lundberg was bad. Um, Ozil has just not done his job. I'll tell you what else. This is re- This is very harsh because he's extremely young. But I also do not rate Joe Willock at all. Like, I think he's fine. I think he'll probably, he might turn into something useful. But of all the youngsters at Arsenal this season, it really annoys me when people are like, Arsenal's youngsters look really promising. Nketiah, Saka, Martinelli, Willock. And I think, mm, okay, are we, gonna, we can't pretend that Willock is in the same category as Saka or Martinelli, in my view. But I do, I do agree with you in terms of Ozil uh, being that he eats up such big wages. But I've, I, I think it's been, say, Kalazanak. Um, really in terms of your worst play, every game I watch him he's an absolute he's in my top player. three he's in my top three but I've also got Socrates in there maybe the thing is 20 starts in the Prem just yeah. I, that, that's unfathomable I know that it's partly down that's to the three being the back, injured then. and stuff and he's having to play three at the back but I just honestly I just I, I, I boggles the mind how say a just starting 20 games for Arsenal <laughs> Uh, I think he's a fair shout. Yeah, like I say, he's in my top three. Um, Chris, what do you think? 
Um, I actually did top six. I wasn't even trying to banter, so I've not really thought that much about Arsenal. But uh, to be fair, I didn't say top six. I said the big six uh, plus well. Leicester. Okay, well, so is a is a subliminal thing from me. Subliminal, subconscious. Um, I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll probably go with Ozil. Uh, show some uh, show yeah. some love for for my fellow big Swede uh, side Kalazanac. Um. Do you know what I was thinking through that whole thing? That if Kalazanac died in the same way as the dinosaurs and you were dusting off his skull, would you think that was a human being or or a dinosaur? That's genuinely what I was thinking throughout that whole thing. Like, his head is so big that if you discovered Rude, his, if Rude, if you discovered his wow. skull, no. like, would you think it was some sort of superhuman? No, I've got a massive wow. head as well. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of time. A bit of amateur phrenology from Chris Yeah, Hamill, I've got right? a lot of time for Always it. Always good to um, But yeah, Mesut Ozil. I mean, to be honest, you could you could just put anyone in, you put Unai Emery in, like who gives a. <laughs> it's, a it's been a bit could, of, yeah, it probably is Unai Emery. I'm not going to lie, it is Unai, isn't it? The worst. Isn't it the first time Arsenal? in 25 years you finished outside the top seven? It's like young fans of of like this. This is the, <laughs> they only know suffering. You still win the cup though, mate. Arsenal Spurs should Arsenal Spurs should have finished outside the top ten. Like we. We we don't e- we not even been good enough to deserve eighth spot this season. We've been so bad. It's been like it's been genuinely diabolical. On the other hand, I do think that probably like you could shove two or three players in and see a massive yeah. improvement. You're, yeah, you're but, heading in the right direction without like like that is without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and Kieran Tierney, you know, um, what what a man. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. So there we go. Oh, I love that boy. Anyway, uh, let's get on to the other embarrassing team from North London before we close this out. Tottenham Hotspur. Mm. Who's your best, Chris? Uh, I've gone Gio- Giovanni Lo Celso. Um, maybe, to, maybe to appease my ego because then Don Bele, um, who we sort of, who we said was like one of the best signings of the season, uh, is also down as my worst. Um, but like we said, there's, there's, that's, that's nuanced. Uh, a lot of, lot, of, lot of things to consider there. A lot of variables. Um, yeah, but I've gone Giovanni Lacelso. Uh, I, I know he was he wasn't really a staple at the start of the season, and and went through a couple of uh, injuries. wasn't particularly favoured when Jose first took over, or at the end of Pochettino's um, sort of reign. Um, but finished the season really strong. I think he's shown what a what a big player uh, he, he's going to be for Tottenham. Can play in a, in a number of positions. Um, re- really drives them up the pitch. Very sort of like tactically versatile and 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 i think someone that Mourinho is going to build an affinity with or towards because like he's willing to do that dog work as well as any like his his pressure i'm not i've not had a look at like his precious or his recoveries but um he's a very talented footballer who is also willing to do all that yeah sorry um so, so yeah uh i i've Although I've got to say, I didn't pay this a lot of consideration. I didn't give Spurs a lot of respect in my preparation. Uh, I literally <laughs> left them until last and then just threw two names down. So very amenable to changing this one, to be honest, gents. 
Okay, Joe, who, yeah. who have you got? I mean, yeah, I think Lacelso is pretty close. Um, and I think I said we need to talk that Lacelso. I've gone for Son, though. I've I, mm-hmm. I've fallen on the Son side of it. I think those are the two outstanding candidates. But was it 28, 29 goal involvements this season for Tottenham? Um in you know in a in a campaign that's been really hit and miss for the club uh, 11 goals in the prem 10 assists in the prem just really solid numbers yet again and i think without him they would have just been a disaster given harry kane's injury record uh so i've gone him in son but i can see the argument for lacelso as well well yes yeah, son actually played fewer minutes than kane but scored but got one more goal involvement mm. uh, despite the fact kane obviously got a couple of penalties too um, has just been amazing this season. Do, do you, can you name all the players in the Premier League to have got into double figures for goals and assists this season? Do you know how many there are and who they are? Uh, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne. No, oh, David no, Silva. Not, did, not David Silva. David Silva Kevin didn't get the goals, did he? Got the assists. Kevin I think De Kevin, Kev, probably just Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne, Hoy Minson, and then maybe Mo, no, Mo Salah didn't get the assists, did he? Sadio maybe Mane. Just, he did. Sadio he did. Mane. Mo Salah he did. did. He did. We, it's it's Kevin De Bruyne, Salah, and Hung Min Son. All oh, right, mm, interesting. Pre, it's pr- pretty special company to be in, <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Worst, Chris has already tipped his hand to Tongi and Nombele, um, though has also been a little bit apologetic, I guess, big time, uh, because you know he it has been difficult. He has been in and out of the side, and he did have some really good performances early in the season. But um, Joe, do you have any disagreement here? Because I've got down Musa Sissoko and Eric Dyer. Um. Yeah, I've got a bit of disagreement. Um, I think Serge Aurier, potentially, although I do think he's had a little bit of a resurgence under Jose Mourinho. Um, Agreed. Was that, a, I think, was that pun intentional, resurgence? I don't know what, that, don't know what the pun is. Because his first name's Serge. Oh, no, it wasn't. Um, ah, but I, I, also, I also think very hard to argue against Jan Vertonghen. Uh, to be Ooh. honest with you, 1,700 Premier League minutes this season, um, by far his worst season in the Premier League. And I actually think Eric Dyer's looked like a better defender under Jose Mourinho than him. And that says a lot. Ooh, I think Jan Vertonghen is harsh, man. Yeah, he's had to play left back. He's played in a terrible team. He's old as the hills. But I think people <laughs> um, forget just how I think people forget just how bad he was under Poch at the start of the season. It, it was unbelievable. That is true. I mean, I, I actually ended up looking this morning at, at Understat's expected points table. And they, they had Spurs. Arsenal were like ninth. And I was pretty miserable about that. And then I saw Spurs were like four places lower, which was pretty staggering to me. Yeah. yeah. There's also, I think Harry Winks hasn't had his best season in a Tottenham shirt. Um, I, no one's expecting, like Harry Winks keeps clocking up minutes um, without anyone like really thinking he's, he's going to be a long-term solution, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, if we're talking like quite if I wanted to say disappointing I probably wouldn't name any of the players you've named I'd probably say Ryan Sessegnon almost other than Tango and Dembele because I feel gutted for him he's what did he cost him 35 mil and he's paid about 100 minutes of football in all comps isn't he I think it was more like, than that at least wasn't it closer teenager. to like 50 uh, no no Am I think I... he was 30 to 35 um, but I think uh, he's played I don't even know if it was that much I think he's played four games what friend um, on Dembele no no for no, Ryan no, no, for, for Sessegnon oh sorry 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 um, so yeah, I think Ryan Sessegnon potentially most disappointing alongside Tango. Yeah, it's been a difficult season for them, but I mean, at least at least with Sessegnon, Lacelso, and Dombele, if they keep him, like you can. Uh, I, I'm a little bit more positive about Spurs' future, except for the fact that they're managed by Mourinho. I think that they're 
their players, they've got some really interesting talents. Because he there, has right? taken them from 14th to 6th, though. Yes, but also sort of not really. Like, I mean, I he has been there while that's happened, but I'm not sure I'd give him credit for it. The defence at first had like a... I remember they had a really solid bounce back with the defence. And then since the restart, I've got to say, I would be delighted if it wasn't Spurs, but Harry Kane looks fully fit again for the first time in three years. Yeah, he like, Harry Kane so has good, looked, doesn't he? He's looked amazing. And finally, I was like, oh, Harry Kane's yeah. fit again. Like, he's needed four months I think off. I've only watched two full 90s of Spurs since the since the break. Um, and against Leicester, they were absolutely superb. Like, their game management, um, like, it was one of the most comprehensive, like, Mourinho performances against a, a side competing for the top six uh, that I'd seen in some time. But... Like I don't know if the the players will necessarily enjoy playing like that. Like if 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 the playing squad is simpatico with with the manager and how he's going to play. But uh, but yeah, I think this disappointment obviously has a, a broad broad mean uh, broad meaning. But I'd go for Ndombele, Yeah, I think the thing with Kane is it's not even just like four months, is it? Because because the injury happened right. I think was it on New Year's Day the injury happened maybe or just after. Um, yeah, he's, he was out he's, for he's actually had seven months worth of rest basically, or like Ooh. six months worth of rest, and he's now going to have another uh, six weeks of rest because of course Tottenham aren't uh, playing in any competition, so it, he could be tots next season. I think Harry Kane well, for Golden Boot next season is a good bet. Well, we'll see. I, I'm not quite sure what the situation is with qualifying rounds for the Europa League or anything. Like, But yeah, hopefully he'll go into next season rested and looking like this because mm. this just reminded me of like 2017 Harry came and we were saying this is one of the best strikers in the world. Yeah. Oh God, I'm really annoyed. The, the good <laughs> thing is that the good thing is Mourinho is there, and Mourinho is uh, he's there for a bad time, not a long time. But Mourinho so, will um, make everything go through Harry Kane. Like everything will go through Harry Kane, so but, he will score they, a lot of goals. But I'm. But the thing is about Mourinho, he used to he used to say, you know what? When we go away to like Manchester City, we are going to play like really dogged, depressing football. But the rest of the time, we're going to absolutely batter teams. I mean, this was a guy who did pair Matic and Fabregas in central midfield and played Ivanovic basically as a right winger from right back. But now he's like, no, Newcastle, Bournemouth, those are the games that we're going to muddy up. We can't afford to go out there and try and play football against them. And that, to me, is not going to go down well for very long at Spurs. Yeah, interesting. Well, I'm pretty happy with all our shouts there, I've got to say. Um, thank you very much for joining me this week, guys. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to point to on any of our channels after this? When does this go out? Wednesday. Um, yep. Yeah, so we have Transfer Talk live on Football Daily and a top 10 going out on, on Euro Football Daily. So make sure you check them out. And um, yeah, if you're not subscribed to this channel and you're just casually dropping by without, without clicking that subscribe button, then sort it out. Yeah, agreed. Exactly, agreed. Just go, just go and subscribe to this channel. Click the subscribe button below now. Like the video and share it with all your friends. By the way, for people listening to this as a podcast, they mean the Football Daily Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, please make sure that you do go and subscribe to it and keep subscribed to us on whichever podcast app you use. If you'd like to claim your trial set from Harry's, go to harrys.com slash extra and we'll see you next time for another episode of Extra Time. Thanks very much for watching or listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 